to Idiots Talk History. I am your host, Matt, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Lorna. Hello! And Ines. Hello! I don't know, I always put on a weird voice because I'm very... Slightly performing. Yeah, I know that it's just me speaking, like, it's very set up. Um, But yeah, we're here today and we've got another report, this time from me. For anyone who hasn't listened to the show before, does anyone want to describe what's going on? Go on, go on. Um, this is a show what um, talks about uh, maybe a not so well known um, piece of history from the past, and yep, or a, piece of history from the future, a, bit, yeah. a bit of history from the past that uh, <laughs> that we might know a bit about, but we're going to shed a bit more light on. Yeah, you got there in the end. Yeah, took your time. Took your time, but yeah, it's good. You know, um, I give I give a good summary. Good is. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. an interesting choice of word. Right. Um, <laughs> so this week we got a report from myself. So mm-hmm. sh- how, how is everyone? The classic how is everyone question, first of all. Uh, I'm all right, me. Yeah, it's yeah. Friday, isn't it? It's good. It, yeah, we were kind of on Friday. Well, it's Wednesday, yeah, but... When, it might not be Wednesday. depends when you listen to this. Yeah, you might, might listen right. to it. You might be on a Friday. Like Happy Friday. Friday. <laughs> you might be. That was horrible. It's good, wasn't it? <laughs> As for the rest of us, it is Friday. Um, I'm all right too, by the oh way. Oh, good. I'm also oh. okay. Thanks for asking in response. <laughs> <laughs> really nice. Um, I'll get on with it. Um, you were such a princess about that question. How was I a princess when you had the same <laughs> response as I did? What's your um, What's your podcast on? At? Oh, I've got. I'm going to ask you this because Lorna already knows it. Because what happens if I sneeze live on air? By the way, <laughs> if you, you are, if I sneeze live on air. <laughs> Did you, you say lies? It sounded like you said sneeze lies. Um, you sneeze. Happen. Well, oh, it's one of them where you, I'm looking at. <laughs> um, well, I'll either cut it out or. We'll just no, we'll carry on. Crash on. Crash on. Yeah. <laughs> I just say crash face. on. Crack on. <laughs> Crack on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. You can't concentrate because of his sneeze. No, I know. Uh, He's fascinating because, <clears throat> yeah, I can't even describe it. Um. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say was, Lorna already knows the topic. Um, are you okay? You're not going to sneeze? No, I'm holding it in, mate. Go God. on. Um, yeah. But I've got a question for you, Innes. I want you Go to on. sort of figure out... It's, it's a musician. Give you that for free. Um, and I'm not sure it, if the music is in your wheelhouse. I know you're a musician yourself, but uh, okay. you might you might know of, of this guy. Um, so have you heard of... This isn't his uh, stage name. Charles Hardin Holly? I have not. Any idea who that might be? Um, a male? Yes. Musician? Yeah, oh yeah. Good Solo choice. artist? Um, sometimes, depends. And also in a in a group? Yeah, oh yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> did some solo yeah. work. Did some, did some solo, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he did a bit of singing, he was a front man. He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... And he's probably one of your favourites. Um, he's can all we do right. the, I, can, I wouldn't know if you would know he was one of Matt's favourites. No. Can we do um, that thing, what they do on uh, Guess... Is it Guess Who, where you go, like... 20 questions, got, yes or no. Or like, has he got glasses? Yeah, that's yeah. Guess Who. He has got glasses, which will come in... Um, we'll talk about soon. Is it Elton John? It's not Elton John. <laughs> I didn't know he was one of Matt's favourites. Was Rocket Elton Man. John in a band? I don't know. Elton John and the backing band. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, I'm not sure. Um, Probably was. 
Do you want to? I've got another question for you. Go on. He was. This was more of a statement than a question. He was born on September seventh, nineteen thirty-six, in Lubbock, Texas, USA. Any more ideas? No, mate. Brill. <laughs> he, um, he was the fourth and youngest child in his family. His mother gave him a nickname because she thought his given name, which was Charles, was uh, was too big for her little boy. Um, so she nicknamed him Buddy. Buddy. Like the elf of elf. Yes, yes. this report is about <laughs> Buddy the elf. <laughs> musician. Will and, Ferrell. And okay. Will Ferrell impersonator. Um, so... Are you getting it off the name in this? No, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. But and hang on, sorry. His, his name was Charles. Yeah, but uh, his mum. One thought... syllable, and she shortened it to <laughs> two <laughs> syllables. Buddy. <laughs> she nicknamed well, she him Buddy. Didn't shorten it. But to be fair, my name is two syllables, and Lorna. I really struggle to get nicknames that are one syllable. Loz. So usually I end up. Oh, I hate that one. Usually Loz I end up Baz. with ones that are longer. Two syllables. Also hate that one. <laughs> What are the nicknames we have for Lorna in us? Lawn Mower. Lorna Longer. Um Calmer, because sometimes when you type in Lorna on, on your phone it misspells <laughs> and it autocorrects to Calmer. Yep, that's longer. Yeah, so Um Backseat Barry. Backseat DJ Barry. Backseat DJ. Barry. <laughs> yeah. Longer. Backseat yeah. Um I'd just like to say that on a trip I was uh, the DJ in the back seat and that's why that nickname exists. Oh, uh, straightforward nickname. And and go, going on to segue, drug cartel, Barry. All <laughs> oh, right, yes. Uh, More also, syllables. Yeah, yeah. We've all got good also nicknames. Also, stupid nickname. <laughs> we'll save that one um, for a different time. Um, so apparently, the spelling <laughs> of Holly. Um, you've not. You don't know who this is, by the way. Do you? It's Buddy Holly. No. Do you know Buddy Holly? No. I said Buddy Holly. Really right. weird. Um, is he a so, musician? Musician, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know him. Okay, good. Because actually, what did he sing? <laughs> he sang uh, uh, "Holly on the Ivy," the Christmas song, the Christmas yeah. hit. Yeah, he brought yeah, out that. Didn't Buddy he? Holly in the Famous Ivy. Um, so Buddy Holly in the Ivy. Apparently, the um, spelling of Holly that we now know, um, which is Holly H O double L Y, came from a misspelling on his first record contract. Oh, okay. That's just a little fact, but we'll get to his first record contract. So. Little Buddy Holly as a kid. Uh, you know, normally we have, um, when we do someone's life, we jump, you know, like towards the start. We don't have a lot of info. Yeah, there's not, it depends, it doesn't it? It's a yeah. struggle. Yeah, but this time we've got, I've got a little bit on him. Got a bit on his, on his life and, and his parents. So little little Buddy Holly, as I call him, LBH, um, got into music as a kid. Um, he played piano and fiddle. What's a fiddle in this? A violin. Violin. Nah. Brill. And he learned some guitar from from his older brothers. What's a guitar, Ennis? Uh, it's a six-string instrument with frets and all this stuff. You probably won't have heard of it, but it's made out of wood. It's got an hole in it. Is and it percussion? Got... Like a ukulele, but bigger. Yeah, it's like a ukulele, but bigger, or a double bass, but smaller. Ah, How's that for you? I'm getting lost. I'm always double bass or ukulele. I'm never yeah, I know, yeah. Guitar. Not, not in the middle. Guitar. Um, so, yeah, so he learned some guitar from his older brothers. Um and it seems like a lot of great artists and other other people um whatever right now when when they become like great something they always start as a child they're always like child prodigies i Ooh, think like yeah, justin like, bieber like justin bieber michael jackson anyone got any other ones um selena gomez she was quite young demi lovato ryan gosling miley cyrus and a lot of disney kids justin so. timberlake jamie lynn spears 
<laughs> Hilary <Lynn's>. Duff. <laughs> Jamlin Spades has had two shout-outs and a couple of, uh, of our episodes now. Um, um, do you want any more? No, no, I can I'm carry good. On. No, we don't need any more Disney kids. One Direction. Um, <laughs> so there's actually a home recording from 1949 of, um, of him, so he's about 12 or 13. And it shows he's a pretty decent singer, even as a prepubescent. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, do you reckon he's like that kid that sang in Walmart that's all over the internet at the minute? I've not seen this one, I've not it? seen this. I, I saw he's on Ellen as well the other day. Yeah, yeah. It's like this kid Yodels. that... He did a, he, it, I saw that. I saw that the first time I saw it, it was like a caption and it was like, when you lose your mum in, in the shop and you're, <laughs> you're trying to find her and it was just like... It's really good. I need um, to watch this then. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, sorry, Matt. I By don't the think time it was. Come out, it won't be relevant anymore. No. How yeah. fast the world moves. I, I still think we're out of date and it's not relevant anymore. Anyway. No, yeah, I didn't. But I don't. To I don't be fair, we're not down with the kids. Yeah. Me and you. It's been out a week. Been yeah, out a week so now. It's, out. Mm, it's gone. Yeah. It's passed us by. We're getting old. Um, his parents were quite supportive of Buddy, which you know makes a change a lot of time, and it is musical ambitions. Um, and it is quite. Um, what are you looking at? I was seeing if I could see myself. Right. It's um, quite surprising considering they were living in a very conservative America at the time. So it was about, when was it, 19? During the war, just after the war. Um, and they helped him cut with song ideas and actually sent a letter to the editor of Lubbock's newspaper um, defending rock and roll loving teenagers because that was sort of the big thing for kids at oh, the time. Yeah. Uh, and, and they were being condemned in, in this conservative paper, but apparently his parents were like, no. Like let him let him listen to rock and roll. What? It's not going to damage him. Um, so after the disruption of the Korean War, just after the Second World War, uh, which interrupted the careers of many young country musicians, um, a situation was created where the the old guard of country players, sort of, who had risen to fame in the thirties and forties, um, had a very stronghold. Like conservative music was like the big the big thing in uh, in country music. Um, and apparently this grip was so strong that drum kits were apparently banned from the stage of the Grand Ole Opry until the mid 50s so it was very yeah I've just reinforced this same point many drums times. make a lot drums you need drums in music really. uh-huh. but bit of a beat just makes it better doesn't it and um, Buddy Holly and his band later on I'll mention um, actually had a big impact on um, drums within a musician's band we had some technical difficulties. And I, just, <laughs> I, I had papered over that seamlessly there. Um, so, despite all this, there was a group of younger musicians who were determined to break out of these restrictions. Um, and so he sort of, Holly started writing music, and he, he was writing like country songs to begin with. That was mm, sort of the way classic, in. Classic. Um, yeah. And writing these country standards for the, for people in his, his hometown of Lubbock, I think it's pronounced. Um and he was becoming sort of he got quite big in that town playing his country music um but he was becoming um oh i was just saying he was becoming fascinated by the that sort of music anyway um so a big moment changed a big moment changed his life sort of thing um and that was when a man uh, who goes by the name of Elvis Presley have you heard of Elvis Presley uh-huh who? Elvis, that was Lorna's laughing at her. Elvis, her own impression. Yeah. Um, Wait, I didn't do my lip though. I can do my mm-hmm. lip. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all right. It's not good on audio. 
No, it's not. No, everyone, <laughs> picture my Elvis Presley lip. We'll, we'll have to pay, pay, pitch. We'll have to post a photo of uh, <laughs> Lorna's Elvis lip. Um, so Elvis came to Lubbock, and Holly... Um, I've read different things. I think I read one that he, he opened for Elvis Presley, but because um, he'd have, like local talent opening for him yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he went backstage um, and met him apparently and it was soon after him that he decided I'm going to be a rock and roll star rather than being this country music guy um, um, but so he'd already sort of formed his own band and he'd been playing yeah country and western songs on the book radio and they were quite successful in that cliche country and western style um, and it was, yeah, it was 1955 when Elvis came and Buddy opened for him and he w- would have been 19 years old at that time. Um, and his bandmates talked about how this was a big changing point for him. And he, he fell in love with uh, Elvis and the band began to change. And the next day we became Elvis clones. However, Buddy wasn't the same as Elvis Presley because Buddy Ollie didn't have the sex appeal of, of Elvis no. Presley. He wasn't this like big hot guy. <laughs> I'm doing like moving my body. What he does he look like, Buddy Ollie? Um, well, he was a bit scrawny. He wore oh, his yeah. glasses and a bow tie, and his public image was that of a shy, grinning, clean-cut kid. Uh, and it seems that he was pretty similar in his private life as well. Some but girls he, like that, though. Exactly, but back at that time, rock and roll was this like, well, it was like Elvis Presley. It was, I don't know, it's more macho. I think is the, oh, yeah. the idea. Um, but he gave it a go anyway, and he sort of transitioned from his country music star to rock and roll. And um, a, a record, how weird is this? A record company talent scout caught his act at a skating rink and signed him to a contract. That's something that couldn't happen today, could it? But was he in ice skates while he was singing? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's just where he would be playing, yeah, was wouldn't it? Like people play at football oh, stadiums. Oh, yeah, because it would have been yeah. like a thing. Yeah. Like... It wasn't like, here's Buddy Holly, oh, he's gone past you. He's going back around. <laughs> skating around, <laughs> singing. <laughs> um. So, 1956, the next year, him and his band recorded some demos and some singles in Nashville, and they were called Buddy Holly and the Three Tunes. What do you think of that for a name? Uh, Sounds like he only plays three songs. Yeah, he does. (laughs) What does he mean by that? Like, three members of the band? Yeah, I guess so. And, like, maybe they all play different instruments? Or they kept it in tune? Maybe. Oh, okay. Mm. Or just they played three different tunes at the same time? Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That sounds complicated, though. Is that a thing, Guinness? Well, I mean, it is if you're playing tunes that go together, isn't it? But yeah. if no. it's three different complete songs, then no, not really. Thank you. No, oh, there you go. Um, so he had a I feel like you could have told me that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like... I'm not like the person on Countdown that tells you all the answers. And we'll just go to the expert in yeah, his Yeah, I feel like you're, you're at the end of Pointless when he's like, the actual yeah. answer was... Oh, I'm Richard Osman. Yeah. 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 yeah, Richard, what's the answer? Innis, what's the correct answer for that? Yeah. You play all different tunes, it doesn't what's sound right. What's the Pointless answer? Um, Buddy had this contract with Decca, I think it's pronounced his company, but he didn't really get much done apart from these sort of couple of demos. Uh, and they released a couple of singles of his and then dropped him. Dropped his contract. Oh. So him and his band went back to the country shows, road shows, and they, they were, again, like opening for other more accomplished stars like Hank Thompson, um, which is good, but they wanted to be stars. They wanted to be in stars in their own right. So yeah, they yeah. met a manager called Norman Petty, and uh, he negotiated this new deal between Holly and his band and Coral, who were actually owned by Decker, but it's another company or something. Um, so Coral wanted the first single to be That'll Be The Day, 
Do you know that song, Innes? Probably. Give us a demo. <laughs> that'll be the day. <laughs> when you say goodbye, oh, yeah, oh, that'll we'll do it together. be the day. When you, you make, make me cry, cry, I say you're gonna, gonna leave. leave. You know yeah. it's so like us. That'll be the day. When, when I die. die. When yeah, I do. Um, I do know that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From your so, rendition, I think I know thank that. You. Yeah. From that dreadful rendition, I hope you all enjoyed that. I hope we don't get <laughs> like, um, I don't know, sued. Um, <laughs> so the issue was that Holly had already cut a version of this song that'll be today for Decca, and they Decca were in their right to stop any recording, you know, oh, being yeah. released by Holly that came out within five years of their release. Um, but Coral really wanted this song. So Wait, so he released this as a single? I'm not Decca. sure if he did or whether they just had the had the single right, and okay. hadn't released it. But they were like, "Well, you can't release it because something to do with like five years yeah. later, you were allowed to release another version of it." Um, and that was in his name, that one at Decca. So Petty decided the song should go out under a collective name rather than Holly's because then you don't have to deal with the legal ramifications of it. Quite a clever sidestep. Um, clever. So in 1957, that'll be the day it was released by the Crickets. Oh, I think of that name. I mean, it's better than the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was that name. But uh, sorry, how does that work then? So right. So, good, <laughs> sorry, it's I, just it's no, like right. It's like all right. I really like one of I don't know uh, Oasis song. I like I like this Oasis song. So if I just don't call myself Innis and I call myself. No, because it's not your song. Yeah, he. It's if he you... was. I think he wrote that. Maybe I get onto a bit of the writing credits in a minute. Uh, but he okay. Maybe wrote it with other people, so he did own the song. But then they owned the Buddy Holly version of the song. So then he was like, "Well, oh, I'll just, just be name someone it else. something." Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Which comes weird then, because later on he starts on the radio. There's like a song by Buddy Holly, and then there's a song by Buddy Holly and the Crickets, and like oh, really? two different things. Oh. Yeah. Um, so. That that'll be the day. Yeah, it was released in 1957, and apparently the song's title um, is a reference to a line uttered by John Wayne in the 1956 film The Searchers, which is a big, like, famous John Wayne film. Do you know um, John Wayne in this? I don't know John Wayne, the um, western um, actor. All right, did a lot of westerns. He was in a film called The Quiet Man. I don't yeah, know that. Lo- loads of films, but um, I do know westerns, so I yeah. can imagine. Yeah, you've only seen John Wayne. Yeah, he's in a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that'll be the day. Proved to be the the breakout hit for Buddy Holly, Buddy Holly and his band. Um, and then in 1957, the same time, he got asked. He was, you know, he came a bit bigger. He had a few interviews, and he got asked in an interview about whether rock and roll music would still be around six or seven months from then. He went, Nah, I doubt it. <laughs> it's like I rather oh, yeah. doubt. I rather doubt but rock and roll will last. I know, but he just didn't think it was gonna stick around. Apparently. Um, he had other legal issues though at the same time so right. he'd signed a number of publishing contracts and I think that's to do with like the publishing of songs, like the writing of songs so Petty, Norman Petty's manager began moving around the credits the writing credits to try and um, like again I think sidestep these um, legal, legal issues, issues but I don't quite understand it so He'd have his so Norman Petty would actually put his own name on some songs, being like, I've written this song, and like yeah. moving Holly's name off or moving Holly onto another one. So it was sort of blurring oh, up. Oh, so then like Buddy Holly could lines. record it without it yeah. being a conflict because then it's someone else's song. Something like that, I'm not quite sure. Um, but it meant that when it came to getting paid, it was um, 
they would have some issues down the line. Big Norm yeah. would get some, wouldn't he? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, another scheme of Petty's was uh, that actually made them quite a lot of money for everyone. Was that they'd simultaneously release singles under both Buddy Holly's name and as the Crickets. But why? That's less likely to make people buy any, surely. Well, apparently in this way, the group was able to put out roughly double the product of the average oh. artist or band. Oh. Well, yeah, because they're releasing it twice. I don't that... think it's the same songs, though. Oh, okay. Oh, or maybe it's different okay. versions of songs, but yeah. Oh, so like, so, Buddy Holly will release a song and, and Buddy then, Holly and the Crickets yeah. will release a remix? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure it was remixes at the time. They had bass drops and, and all remix. that, really. Remix. Yeah. <laughs> um... And yeah, then for the next two years, they had this relationship with Coral, which was a company, and they had a string of hits. They had Peggy Sue, Words of Love, Oh Boy, Rave On, Heartbeat, and Maybe Baby. Um, I really like Peggy Sue. Good which song. Which is, I think, I, I don't think I wrote it down, but he wrote this song, and I can't remember the original name of it, and then one of the guys in his band was like, oh, well, you changed the, na- the name of the female in the song to Peggy Sue, rather than, like, Mary Lou. I think it might be Mary Lou, actually, uh, uh-huh. which was, like, his niece. And he was like, we changed to Peggy Sue because I want to get with this girl. And um, okay. they ended up, Peggy yeah, he's called Peggy Sue, and they end up marrying, I think, something like that. <laughs> um, so between August 1957 and August 1958, Holly and the Crickets charted seven different top 40 singles. Not bad. In a year as well. That's all right, though, isn't That's it? loads. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty top decent. 40. That's like releasing an album, essentially. Yeah. And everyone hits top forty. It's yeah. not bad. Um, I actually, I've seen a musical about Buddy Holly on stage, um, and there's a scene oh, in it. Hi. Oh, Lana's seen it as well. The scene it where the oh, crickets, <laughs> the crickets are playing at the Apollo Theater in New York City. So I just basically looked up to see if what happened in the stage show actually happened in real life. Um, and basically, this is only a rumor, but at that time, people didn't know just by listening to the radio if an artist was black or white. Um, so when they went on this tour across the United States in, in August 1957, um, they went to African-American neighbourhoods and their th- and theatres as well. And they went to Harlem's Apollo Theatre. And they were the only white band to do so at that time. And the people who, the promoter who booked them apparently at the Apollo, didn't, he just thought they were African-American. Um, okay. And in the show, the audience and other, performance, other performers were unsure, like, who who are these people and like what they're doing at the end it's going to be any good but apparently by by the end of it I think he played a few gigs there by the end of it they'd sort of like warm themselves to the crowd oh. it's weird that I don't even think about that just do, like... you ever, do you ever I do that mate like so if I'm listening to like new music and I've never heard of the band before I just think like I play a game in my head like what are they going to look like yeah. Oh. Yeah, what? but I wouldn't ever think. I don't think race had come into it for us. No, more, it's more, big yeah. deal at the time. But why would they think they could guess what people's races were from singing? I don't know. My mum thought George Ezra was black. Yeah. Um, but I don't know whether it was like the music he was playing as well. Yeah, it, it must be. It must be. Um, like the way he played it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. They toured quite a bit, actually, as the cricket. So they went even going to England and Australia. There was three of them, by the way, as a three-piece. Um, oh, okay. He was originally four. Sonny Curtis left the band, and he was replaced by another guy called Nicky Sullivan, who then dropped out as well. So um, he, he apparently found that playing rhythm guitar behind Holly was a redundant exercise. What does he oh. mean by that? I don't know whether he just mean, like, there was no point in me being there because Holly was doing it anyway. Like doing, oh, right, okay. Doing it yeah, better yeah. than I could do. Um 
So there's a three piece. It was uh, Buddy Holly, a guy called Maudlin, Maudlin, and Allison. They're the set of surnames. Um, and apparently, they were critics were like baffled by how good they were and how they consistently were just like knocking it out of the park. In 1958, Buddy also got married. So this is he's only 22, 21. Um, yeah, um, he got married, and the lady was a, a a name a woman called Maria Elena Santiago. She was from Puerto Rico. Uh, she was a receptionist for a music publisher called Pay Music, and in June 1958, he, uh, he met her and he asked her to go on a date, and she hadn't been on a date before, so he, she said, um, you have to ask my auntie for permission, and then and then maybe we can go, and he got permission, and five hours into their first date, Buddy handed Maria a rose and asked, him, asked her to marry him. Five hours? That is insane. Five hours into a... Uh, that is quick. When you know, first you date. know. First date business, they were like, oh, I know, I but you've not, you've not even got onto like what foods do you like five hours in, have you? Yeah, but food, like, food isn't a deal breaker, I don't think. Oh, it is. I don't know why you're defending five hours, though. It seems rushed. <laughs> it does seem <laughs> no, very rushed. No, but like, I think food's a bad thing to say it for. Mm. Like, you don't know the family, you don't know anyone, you yeah, don't know what, exactly. you don't know what they like. You don't know the political yeah. views, like don't all know of these things. If they're like really moody, they might, she might have just yeah. been in a good mood for them five so, hours. Yeah. <laughs> After five hours, that's it. You know when I eat like the, like the nine o'clock wall? Yeah. She mm. could be like that like a lot of the time. A bit but of half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She just might be like... At like five hours thirty minutes in, she went like, "Oh, do you want to go back to mine? I've got all these like dead cats on the floor." Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, she's yeah, a psychopath. She could be weird. <laughs> and then you just be like, "Oh, I've just asked her to marry me. Yeah. That's it now." Cat back out. She's well, into dead I cats. He, I think he could back out. He could just go on tour and not come back to her. <laughs> he could. Uh, I got a bit more on Maria anyway later on. Um, Is she lovely? Well, um, seems all right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Lana's telling me she isn't, but just from the when we went to see the playwright, oh, right, the, play. we saw a play, oh, she, and the was girl she really who bad did, acting? yeah, she did, she did like, she was Maria, the girl who played her. She just couldn't, she couldn't speak in this right accent. Yeah, it was Scottish. terrible. She was Scottish. <laughs> she was um, supposed to be from Puerto Rico. Um, yeah, no, the 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 show's good though. Go watch. Oh it. yeah, it was really um, good. So that was that was nineteen fifty nine, June they went on the first date, August nineteen fifty eight sorry, nineteen fifty eight. August fifteenth, nineteen fifty eight, the two were married. In his uh, in Buddy's hometown of Lubbock, Texas. Wait, how so quick was that, sorry? Two, two months. Two months, yeah, two mm. months or so. That's quick. He's he still can't know all the weird quirks in that time. Yeah. Yeah, two months. I mean there's there's many things you need to like learn mm. about each other. Five hours is too quick for a proposal for my liking. Yeah, two months and you're married. How long um, is that gonna last? Well, we'll find out, won't we? I'll let yeah, you know. we will. We so will. <laughs> it seems it's a bit of a weird one, really, because he's this like clean-cut Texas boy, and this is like he's like there's such like racism in the deep south at this point, and so weird that he just was like, oh, I'm just gonna marry this woman from Puerto Rico. Like it's so against. Would they be racist towards her? Uh, yeah, potentially. I'm not sure. Like. Mm, yeah. I reckon they would. But but anyway, I'm not saying everyone was, but I just mean it was just this weird um, situation. But he got married. Um, and Petty, the um, the Norman. manager, well, he Norman. was a bit petty and he disapproved Norman. of the marriage. Uh, and he it's advised. None of his business. It's none of his business at all. Tell he you advised. what, Norman. <laughs> Poor. You tell him. I would be if he was alive. If you're listening. It might be, actually. 
Is it? I don't know. Nah, um, nah, it won't be. He, uh, he disapproved of the marriage and asked Holly to keep it secret to avoid upsetting Holly's female fans. Oh, wow. uh, and this naturally sort of creates some friction with Buddy. A, a, fl- a flick between Buddy and Holly, by the way. Yeah. Um, and he was he was already already starting to question Petty's bookkeeping. Um, he is, he's Dodge. He is Dodge, he, that Norman. Matt's yeah. bad, bad guy list. Get bad, him on bad there. List. Yes. To be uh, fair, he's not as bad as some of the other people yeah, on there. No, but, he's not, yeah, he's not quite as bad as like murderers or you know, yeah. dictators. Yeah, but, we, we tend to but, be quite flexible with who goes on your list, though. I know. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a One bad mark against you when scale. you're on it. Can we stick him on there? Yeah. We'll see. I'll let you know what else happened. Um, actually, I don't think he comes into it much. No, I think he should go on it because it's none of his business. Buddy Holly's married, <laughs> but his bookkeeping is a, is an issue, and apparently he yeah, controls. Yeah, he's a bad bookkeeper. Apparently, he controls all the proceeds um, of from the band from, from the crickets. Um, so, so the crickets as well as Buddy though. were in conflict with with Norman Petty. He also, none of them liked it. They didn't like the royalty situation. Ah, oh, okay. So. In He's late... always the bookkeeper, by the way. Right, okay. <laughs> in late 1958, Holly and the Crickets went their separate ways, um, him and the band. So Holly had broken from producer Norman Petty, uh, and then they did as well. And he and Maria moved to Gren- Greenwich Village in New York City. <gasps> I've been there! <laughs> that reaction. Um, that where Alison um, was Alison and Maldin? I can't even say that. Um, the, the guys from the crickets, the other two, they moved back to Lubbock in Texas. Lubbock. Nice. Wait, where were they living? Before that, don't know. Tour on tour. They were touring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there were apparently plans then for Buddy Holly and the crickets. They were going to meet up in the future. That was the idea. Well, well, you know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. We'll release a few songs and then we'll get back together. But in the next few months, um, he had some legal and financial issues, Buddy Holly, I think to do with all this music that had been yeah, released. Yeah. So, and from, yeah, it says from the band's breakup. So he agreed to go on tour through the Midwest in 1959 with um, the Winter Dance Party. And that was a 24-day, 24-town tour. The the Winter Dance Party was. It's not a band. It's a, yeah, it's yeah, a tour. Yeah. Called. yeah, it's a tour of all these different Sounds musicians. Cool, so on the tour of him were the Big Bopper and Richie Valens. They're two names which will not Richie again. Wellens, the not former Richie Wellens, Oldham ex Oldham player. No, <laughs> <laughs> ex Oldham athletic did football player. Did you think player. about that when you were writing the report? I did not. I did not think of Richie oh, I was Wellens. Once. You would have, and then it would have been cute for you both. Um, <laughs> Still a cute moment though. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, February second, nineteen fifty-nine. So they're on this tour. It was the eleventh night of the tour. Um, it halfway was a through, it was yeah. a Monday. It was yeah, almost halfway through. School night, but it was a uh, one thousand one hundred teens crammed into um, Clear Lake, Iowa's uh, surf ballroom. They had two sold out shows that night, um, and they, they were doing two shows a night. Yeah, so they so they did one earlier yeah. one. I think the second one finished about midnight. The matinee. Yeah, but I don't know if it was like half two or if it was like seven. I'm mm. not sure. But um, all these kids were screaming for... Richie Valens was 17 years old. And uh, his uh, single Donna was about to go gold. What are you laughing at? I just keep thinking of Richie Wellens. He's Richie just like the, the least musical person I could think of. <laughs> you don't know that. He might, be he might have been, but yeah, he's just a footballer. Richie, but... if you're listening, get in touch. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Richie Valens, his song was becoming big. <laughs> um... You're not gonna to want to laugh. Um, he's actually—you might know his uh, his other song, La Bamba. 
I can't sing it very well. Sounds cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he he um made that famous. I'll chat about that in a bit. So the weather conditions on this tour were really bad. There was sub zero, and the buses were constantly breaking down. So instead, uh, Buddy Holly was like, "Let's uh get a private pri- private plane, a <laughs> private plane, take us from this from this show in Clear Lake, uh, Iowa to tour's next stop, which is in Moorhead, Minnesota." So, in between the sets, you know, they were doing, what, two, two shows a night? He uh, solicited people to join him on the airplane. Um, they were all tired. All the musicians were tired. They, they hadn't been paid. And all the clothes were dirty. Um, and the airplane meant, you know, you'd get there earlier. You'd be able to do laundry. You'd be able to relax and just make it a bit easier for the next... you got another two weeks of this or whatever. Yeah, getting a plane does make sense. Yeah, it does. Um, obviously, a bit more money, I think, than staying mm-hmm. on this bus. But it keeps breaking down and whatnot. Also, less time on a bus, like... You have to sit in the same position for a while, so the less time you have to do that is better. Yeah, because... Stretch I, them legs. I, I went to um, France with school on a bus. Oh, I've done that. It's not and good. to Holland, and when you like, 20 hours on the bus there, and 20 hours on the bus back, oh... Yeah, man, I, I was sleeping in the aisle, me. Every time every time <laughs> the bus oh, broke, I'd slide forward to it from... <laughs> yeah. I'm a guy who needs a wee before bed. As well, and that's an issue on the out bus. the window, mate. Because no, no. <laughs> we have some standards at our school, in it. Um, and I wasn't a big fan. Like the, there's always a you know that tiny toilet that's on a bus, yeah, and yeah. it shakes, and while it's you're dreadful, in, no. and it's sh- people, yeah, shaking. People are doing the business all over. I don't think I've ever been in one, you know. Oh really? Yeah, swerve. Very don't small. Do it. I'm one of them. Like when the bus stops, I'll always go just in case. Oh, very wise. Yeah. Just out the yeah, window. Yeah, but sometimes you can't help. You have to go on the bus as well. Yeah, sometimes, you know, some of us don't have bladders of steel. Um, it's very similar to an airplane toilet. Oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So back to uh, away from toilets. Um, Roger Peterson was a, was a 21-year-old pilot, and he'd agreed to fly them um, north. Oh, sorry, fly them to Fargo, which is North Dakota. Um, and that was the closest airport to Moorhead where, where the next uh, the next gigs would be. Yeah, yeah. And he'd just finished a 17-hour work day. But he agreed to fly Buddy Holly because, well, it was Buddy Holly. And he was like... Big name. Big name, and I want to fly I him. I want to fly him, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, but there was a snowstorm on the way. So um, the second show ended at midnight, as I said, um, on that evening. They'd all packed up, ready to go. Uh, Holly's bass player, Waylon Jennings, uh, was scheduled to fly on the plane, but he decided to give his seat to the Big Bopper. Big Bopper's such a good name. Um, and Big Bopper was uh, suffering from a cold, so he decided, oh, you have my seat, you've got a cold. You That's a nice thing need to, to do. Get there soon. What's Big Bopper's actual name? Real name, I'll get to it in a minute. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he was having a cold. And Holly's guitarist, um, Tommy Alsup, agreed to flip a coin uh, with Richie what, Valens or Wellens. Um, <laughs> For the remaining seat, uh, and Richard Valens won. He uh, won this time toss. Time <laughs> coin toss. toss. I was like, where's, where's the word there? Um, oh, yes. Coin, coin. toss. You know, you know you're on about Richie Wellens, and you're yeah. like, oh, we'll see what happens to him. Yeah. I think I'm, I know what's going to happen to him. All oh, right, okay. But go um, on. So, <laughs> as I said, Valens was 17 years old, so I'm just telling you a bit about him and the Big Bopper now before before we get to whatever happens. Um... <laughs> And his record, he was seventeen. His recording career was only eight months old. Uh, he was he was great though. Um, he'd taken an old Mexican festival song, La Bamba, and he gave it a rock and roll beat, and um, and 
it became one of the biggest sort of exciting records of the mm. era. And then his song Donna, which was an ode to his high school girlfriend, Donna Ludwig. Um, it was a popular ballad, and that was what was about to go gold at that time. And that climbed up to number two in the uh, pop charts. The Big Bopper. Real name, Giles Perry Richardson. I'm not surprised <laughs> you changed it. Yeah, that's not a marketable Giles. name, that. He was most famous for his song Chantilly Lace. How do you spell Giles? Uh, well, they spell it J-I-L-E-S, but yeah, I, I know it's that's a G. That's how you do it. Um, G-I-L-E-S. Yeah. Interesting, thank you. Um, but it's J, yeah. Um, yeah it's, J, it's J for me. J oh, for me. Yeah. Uh, anyone ever heard of Chantilly Lace? No. I hadn't heard. No. That's just the only one I hadn't heard of. Um, mm-hmm. I had a listen. Look it up on YouTube. I'll, put, I'll post a link. It's good. I've seen him play Have it live. Have you heard it? No, I haven't. But it's really good. And he plays it live. Um, oh, I've said it earlier. Um, but it's actually great. Um, and he's like playing on the guitar. And he wanders forward. He picks up a phone. And he's chatting to like some girl on the phone. And he puts it down. In between <laughs> verses, he's just like, hey, girl. What actually? Is he acting? No, though? he's acting. Oh, right. But it's really fun. It's a, good, it's a good little oh. tune. Um, we'd like to see that so he worked on the radio he's a radio um, he was a D- DJ before DJs were a thing this um, is the big bopper this is the big bopper and he created the big bopper to, to distinguish his rock and roll persona from the different mm. personas he had as a radio announcer I don't know how many personas he had but he had a few so the three musicians Buddy Holly the big bopper and Richie Valens boarded the red and white single engine beach bonanza which was the plane mm. um about 12 in the morning of uh, february 3rd 1959 fans waved and crying asking uh, for autographs from the tarmac um and they waved back and they all got on the plane peterson rece- that's the um the pilot received clearance from the control tower taxied down the runway and took off uh, he was never told of two uh, weather advisories that warned of an oncoming blizzard the plane crashed within minutes of leaving the ground, landing in an Iowa cornfield a little past 1am on yeah, on February 3rd. They were tired, everyone, weren't they? Killed everyone on board. Within a few minutes? Yes. So I don't know exactly when they set off. I said about half past and then it was yeah. around 1 it. So I'm not sure how yeah, quickly yeah. they went up. But they were still like, in Iowa. Yeah. So they ain't 10 minutes far. up, 10 minutes down or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no one's quite sure actually what went wrong. The best guess is that he, Peterson just flew in straight into the blizzard, lost visual reference, and accidentally flew down instead of up. I don't oh. know if that was like something you could do really. I don't, I don't know how planes work. To be honest, yeah, uh, yeah, I've true. not got a clue. Also, planes back then. This is quite nasty. This bit, so I'll, yeah. just, uh, I'll go through it. He, he hit the cornfield and about 170 miles an hour, um, flipped over on itself. The passengers were thr- thrown from the plane as well because it was quite a small plane. Yeah, and they landed there, away from the plane, and they stayed there for ten day, ten days, no, ten hours, um, as snowdrifts formed around them because because of the weather, nobody could get there until the morning. Yeah, yeah. So they they were just left there. Uh, Buddy Holly's mum found out back in Texas when a neighbor told her to turn on the radio. I think this actually this incident um, meant that they changed the law so that. They wouldn't reveal people's names until the family had been told. Yeah, yeah. Apparently. Oh, that's a good. That's a good change she that came out, out of this then. Um, the winter dance party tour continued, with uh, Waylon Jennings singing Holly's songs. I think he was the guy. Was he the that's guitarist? That's insane. Yeah. Um, I, I put, all three turns of the, a bit like, weird. all three of the main artists died. I don't know if they were like. Well, I guess they were quite big names, but there was other guys there as well. Um. But yeah, they, they oh, I don't on. think I won't be very happy with that. I don't think. I've got 
This is uh, interesting, actually. Um, Waylon Jennings, yeah, was singing his songs, and other teen sensations, including 18-year-old Frankie Avalon, were flown out to finish the tour. Um, oh, no, I've not got that. There's an interesting bit about that in a minute. Holly's uh, body was shipped back to Lubbock, Texas. Um, his Baptist, I've read, I read his Baptist family never approved of his music, and so none of his songs were played at his funeral. But that contrasts with what it said, what I read in but another article about, like, songs. yeah, they helped him and they helped, like, hmm. rewrote to a newspaper saying, hmm. you know, he's all right. Buddy Holly was just 22 years old, so same age as us, which is just weird to think of. Um, his funeral was held, yeah, in a, in Lubbock, and his wife, Maria Eleanor, did not attend the funeral as she had just suffered a miscarriage a day after Buddy had died. Um Ooh. And yeah, she she told her the Avalanche Journal that she said in a way this was at the time I think she said in a way I blame myself. I was not feeling well when he left. I was two weeks pregnant, two weeks pregnant. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, and I wanted Buddy to stay with me, but he had scheduled that tour, uh, and it was the only time I wasn't with him because she'd been on previous tours with him. Um, and yes, yeah, and she says I blame myself because I know that if only I had gone along, Buddy had never would have gotten into that airplane. And uh, she still owns the rights to Buddy Holly's a- name, image, trademarks, and other intellectual property. Oh. Um, when Elvis died, 25,000 people gathered outside Graceland. When John Lennon murder was murdered, he, he, millions of people went to uh, Central Park for a silent vigil. But when Buddy Holly died, there was no no vigil. No one no one came to his house. No, There was no pilgrimage to, um, to see him and see his family. That'll be the day. Uh, Buddy's breakthrough topped the US chart exactly 500 days before his untimely death in the crash, and that was his only US number one. Hmm. I thought it would have been more. Well, I'm, I'll get on to like, what happened legacy now. Okay. Matt, crit- sorry, sorry to on. interrupt. Yeah, no, no, no. Right. You know interrupt. what? I've just got a bone to pick with you. Go on. Because... Right, I thought for once you'd done a podcast without death and destruction and depressing things. Are you joking? Things. There's loads of it. I know. We're, it was going really well. He was getting all these hits. Seven USA number 40s or whatever you call them. Top yeah, 40s. Top 40s hits. Yeah, yeah, and it's going really Why well. And then, boom, plane crash. His mum don't know. And uh, people are stealing yeah. money. And it's like, what's going oh, on? Yeah. yeah. It's just, I don't know what to tell you. I, I didn't know either. I didn't know. I thought, oh, oh it came yeah, as a shock to you. You just read like, that oh, then, aren't you? Yeah, first time. Like, and boom. I didn't know. I was like, buddy, all oh, these sounds good. I wonder what he's up to. T- oh, no. Oh, he's, Dreadful. he's gone. He's I wonder gone. what he's, he's gone. up to today. Yeah. So, yeah, it's sad, isn't it? But his wife's yeah. still alive. Oh, yeah. that is nice. Happy yeah. ending. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got some more happy. Oh, oh go on. Yeah. Happy yeah. news. Oh, no, this is the bit I thought was really interesting, but it's another um, moment of tragedy. So, the crickets. Afterwards, this is oh, what yeah. I thought. I like explain. So their first album, um, the Chirping Crickets, was released in 1957. So I'm not. I think that was with Buddy Holly. Uh, together, the band released three albums before and 18 after Buddy Holly's death. That in is a lot. Yeah. It is. Um, and well, it's 40 year career. They circled in, circulating in, in and out more than 20 band members over this 40 year wow. career. Like the, um, like the Sugar Baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. yes. <laughs> but, None of them are the same. Before. None of them are the same as the original, are they? Yeah. Anymore? No. Um, yeah, the originals were the best. So the Crickets actually got a singer called David Box. He was like, get this guy, and he he sounds a lot like Buddy Holly, like vocal. He's a dead ringer. But he died in a plane crash on tour in 1964 at the age of 21. 
and he when he was on a solo tour as well. The Ooh. cursed, the crickets it's are cursed. Weird, that isn't it? Yeah, they was like, I'm going on a solo tour as well, and he died in a plane crash. Um, <laughs> what's crazy is that Buddy Holly's um, oh, wrong thing um, career lasted all of about eighteen months, eighteen months to two years, and he barely even um, began when he was cut short. And even though he didn't have any vigils at the time or anything like that, his legacy was built and built over the last 60 years. And he's now one of the best regarded rock and roll pioneers. His uh, death was memorialised in Don McLean's song, um, 1971's American Pie. Oh, yeah. You know American Pie? Yeah. Bye, bye, Miss, Miss American, American Pie. Pie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, because in that he uh, calls it the day the music died. Um, and that be- that was, he's talking about Buddy Holly's death. Oh, okay. Um, and it became a metaphor for the moment when the US lost its last shred of innocence, apparently. Deep. Very deep. So, at the time of his death, Buddy's final single, It Doesn't Matter Anymore, was, wasn't doing that good, really, to be honest. Um, but it shot up to number 13 on the charts with, mm. his, with his passing. And this was before the music industry realised that people dying was really good for business. Yeah. I don't think that's something they should realise. You know, where they're like, oh, this guy's died, like... Amy Winehouse. Yeah, yeah, and like their well, yeah, but... songs go to the top of the show. It's like Christmas every year, right? Carrie, she's up there, isn't she? She's not dead. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> Christmas every year. It's like that, but oh, they've died, then their songs are I've like never top heard someone hits. like compare Christmas and death. <laughs> like, as well, a comparison. If, if anyone could time. do it, it's Martin, innit? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so after, so they realised, so this, you know, became a hit. Um, for months after his death, his albums continued to sell greatest hits albums released and that came on and off the billboard charts for the next seven years um mm. and britain became big on buddy holly bigger than they ever were everyone they, loves the tragedy they loved everything they kept releasing more songs there was demos there was b-sides there was unreleased stuff constantly being pub- pushed out yeah unreleased unissued recordings compilations and they were releasing a steady stream through the 1960s he died in 1959 and they're still being released today. The most recent one, I think, is 2014. I had a look today on Spotify. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, so... And what was good for that was that Buddy Holly, from 1955, had recorded everything on tapes. So there were always things you go back and be like, oh, he's got this like tape of like this little tune he did like in his garage like in 1957 or something. And oh, we'll put this okay. On so he, he recorded literally everything he could. Um, His horn rim glasses. You mentioned glasses previously. Guess who, yeah. Easily recognisable uh, today and similar, not far from my glasses, not far from your glasses today. Um, not quite. There's actually a, like a museum, I think, in his hometown and they've got like these massive pair of glasses outside, so you know. This is That's where it is, that's museum. where you go, yeah. Um, and even though he, his career spanned two years, he influenced the likes of Elvis Costello, Bob Dylan... Uh, Dylan was 17 when he saw Holly perform on his final tour. I'm not sure if that was the Winter Dance Tour or if it was a different tour. Yeah. Um, and apparently when a self-conscious Roy Orbison saw Holly's uh, black rim glasses and his Slim Jim ties, he decided not to uh, let his um, face for radio looks hinder him. Oh, I've never like, heard that terminology before, I'm face just gonna... for radio. <laughs> so he was like, I'm going to go That's for it so as well. so sad. The Rolling Stones have... Face for podcast. That is us. We, have, yeah. we all have faces <laughs> for podcasting. We don't even have our face on the cover art because we're so ashamed. We're like, please dress us up as something better than we are. <laughs> no, we posted a picture of you on the Twitter last yeah. week. Everyone knows what you look like. It was a good like. angle. Um, 
The Rolling Stones had their first top ten single in 1964 with a cover of Holly's Not Fade Away. The Beatles chose their name as a homage homage to the crickets. Oh, yeah. And Paul McCartney has since purchased Holly's publishing rights. What does that mean he can do? Um, I think that's the music back catalogue that he owns. Oh, so he can publish them? Yeah, because his wife owns the name, image, trademarks and stuff. He must have been a big fan. And um, the, this is what I was going to say. This is what I said at the very start. Just sign up nicely at the end. The Crickets pioneered the now standard rock lineup of two guitars, um, bass, and drums. Yeah. Which is, I know, like Weezer have that um, and other bands. <laughs> um, yeah. And Holly was also. You can hopefully explain what this is, or it's going to end on, oh, a, on, a, on a dud of a note. Uh, Holly was also among the first artists to use the studio techniques such as double tracking on his albums. Yeah, so I think I use that. Um, it's basically where you, so you'll sing something, and then you'll bit or you'll play something on your guitar, and then you'll play exactly the same thing on your guitar, and put it together at the same time. So it just gives it more of a, it makes it more full of a sound. Rounded. Yeah. yeah. So oh, is this like on, in your songs where it sounds like there's more than just you singing? Yeah, that's probably because I've done it badly though. So like. <laughs> It depends. Sometimes I, I do it on, it purpose. on purpose. Yeah, yeah sometimes yeah, it is. It but then, the like music, the the guitar playing and stuff. Is yeah, yeah. Or like, they do it a lot with vocals. So like, to make your voice sound more full, if you sing exactly the same words at the same time, same tune, not like a harmony, like the same tune, then it's supposed to make you sound more full. Buddy yeah. Holly apparently helped pioneer that. Okay. Pretty good. I hope that's what double tracking is. I'm pretty sure it makes sense that that's what it is. I would say I it hope was so. that. Yeah, yeah. It's my extensive knowledge of music, music production. Yeah. Oh, yes. But obviously you can't do that live because you can't sing two things at the same time. But yeah, sounds good. So that was my uh, report on Body Holly um, and the crickets and, and the, the day the music died as it's known. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. In your research, did you find anything where his girlfriend told him not to get on the plane? Yeah, that's what I said when when she did that interview. Did, mm, did she, she sort say, of, Did she speak? I don't, yeah, that's in hindsight. I didn't though. find that actually because okay. that happens in the play, doesn't it? In the musical, yeah. she's like, "Don't get on the plane." He's like, oh, "I'll be fine," and then he gets on the plane. Probably for obviously. dramatic yeah, effect, that yeah. maybe. Yeah, but I'm not sure. But that was another thing where I saw that. Like, I didn't read anywhere about that thing at the Apollo Theatre where they thought he was they mm-hmm. were black. But I'd seen that in the place. So I looked it up, and apparently, rumor has it that happened. Oh, so. okay. Um. But oh yeah, I, this episode might be called Buddy Holly in the Day the Music Died. Um, well, I said that to mm. Adrian, my family friend, and he did not like that title. Why? But I might have stuck with it. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I kind of like that. He thought right, it was too yeah. cliche. Um. Well. Should we move on to the big question? I've got one lined oh, up. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a challenge. The music in. <laughs> the big question. Today's big question. I'll put the music in, thanks, Lana, for that <laughs> reminder. Um, so, Buddy Holly and the Crickets. What would your band be called? So, Innis and the... What? Oh, you can okay. name it potentially after an animal. You could name it after. Does it have to be Innis and the. Innis Jackson, I've written this. I've actually right, written Innis so Innis Jackson and the question mark. Why would, what, would you, what were you thinking? I'm just wondering. Just wondering or you can just be like are. the crickets, it could be the Beatles, it could be the Lizards. I've got, I've got mine. 
Go on. Come right. on. Do you know what my like? What I, I'm enjoying calling people at the minute. You know, like a, a a friendly insult. Oh yes. So my my band would be called Innis Jackson and the Moonheads. The Moonheads. Yeah, Moonheads. Yeah, yeah. I'm into that at the minute. Right. You're a Moonhead, Matt. <laughs> that doesn't Matt sound doesn't nice. have a Moonhead. No, no. Lorna's a Moonhead. I'm a bit of a Moonhead. You're not really, Matt. Mm. I've oh, got okay. a square head. Yeah, you have quite a, a blocky head. Yeah, Lego brick. <laughs> Innis so, Jackson and the, the blockheads. Block <laughs> that yeah, sounds yeah. like something off, you know, on that TV show where you have to build robots. Robot Wars? No, it's not that one. It's the kids Bamzuki. one. Yeah, maybe not that Bamzuki. one. Yeah, was it called Bamzuki? Yeah, Bamzuki. Yeah. And they built them little things and sometimes they look like magnets. <laughs> well, very niche. I don't know if anyone yeah. will know what that is. Not even uh, in Britain. <laughs> they built robots. Okay, thanks. Oh, that reminds me of a good. Oh, I'm not going to mention it, really. Um, Lorna Barry. Lorna Barry, I you got a name? No. Just think of the first thing that comes to your mind. <sighs> Lorna Barry and the Beluga Whales. Classic Lorna. Absolutely classic. So, imagine, like. Being oh, a beluga whale, just be like, I'm one of the beluga whales. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a backing singer, I'm a beluga whale. It's also, it's such an insult to I be know. called a whale. I know. Oh, well, it's too late now, that's you, that's you. Yeah. Who's yeah, going to join think that of, band? I can't think Or imagine the day um, where they're like, oh, we've been racking our brains for this for this band name. For you come in like, guys, <laughs> I have got this. <laughs> On the barrier, obviously I'm, I'm main, you know, front and centre <laughs> The Beluga Whales. I've already written, I've already signed the contract. <laughs> Don't worry, I've done it. Done all the business. And they're like, ah, oh, you. We're out of this band. Yeah. You wouldn't have anyone. It'd just mm. be you. And then you'd they'd be like, here's Lorna Barry and the Beluga Whales. It'd be like a solo, solo musician. They'd be like, this is strange. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's it. That's how it is. That's Lorna Barry and the Beluga Whales, Innis Jackson and the Blockheads, <laughs> and Matthew, Matthew Singleton. Singleton, and the Salt Shakers. Oh, why? <laughs> I just like the idea of having my uh, having my guitarists, whatever you know, drummers dressed in big sort of inflatable no, salt shaker outfits. That is, well, why would they want to and be in your they band can, they when they could dance. be in mine and be treated nice? <laughs> they, they can dance and shake around, and then salt can come out the heads and just land on like the the crowd. Why would the crowd want salt to land on them? They can and call it, me Salty Matt and the Salt Shakers. And if you want a maraca, they all just jump up and down. They all just like, jump up and yeah. down, and, and it shakes, and then the crowd just get like, I guess it's like dandruff falling from the ceiling, but, <laughs> but it's salt, but not actual salt, like fun salt, you know, fake salt. I mean, What's did you have that? Why did you not have... just throw actual salt? <laughs> did you have that answer prepared? I didn't know. No, cool. <laughs> I'm, you I'm glad. <laughs> Could you tell that? But no, I think that's quite a good idea, because you need your own well, well, image, you know what I mean? Innis has got Innis. I'm, I'm assuming everyone's wearing like, Big Legos on the head, playing back in innocent yeah, yeah. one, because um, yeah. he's got a face for podcasts. So <laughs> I've got like, to cover it somehow. <laughs> so yeah, just imagining you now with actual beluga whales playing these like tiny instruments. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that would be so cute! But they'd have to be in a tank. They have to be in tanks. It, but they know how to dance. It wouldn't go very well with electrical equipment. No, play the triangle they could play like yeah, uh, yeah. and I'll be rocking at the front I'm not sure with any my musical instruments meow, meow, go well um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think I think we could all go on tour the winter dance tour party whatever it is 2018 
Love it. Mm. To 2019, obviously, we'll go over the year. We'll go to obviously, yeah, you've yeah. got to go in winter. We'll obviously yeah. go in winter. Um, and they'll be like, why have we got so spring? many strange named bands? <laughs> and why is it all like name, name, and the, and the something? <laughs> yeah. We could have just had like. The blockheads. Like the Blue Whales. The machine is simple. The salt shakers. Like, there's just Florence. Like, there's no surname there. There's the. Oh, yeah. Lorna and the Bluegers. Marina <laughs> and the Diamonds. Marina and the one? Diamonds. Oh, I yeah. want Lorna and the Bluegers. Lorna and the Whales. <laughs> Lorna and the Bluegers. Matt and the Shakers. Yeah, Movers and Shakers. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. I've just changed the question altogether. Change it to making a band name Movers and Shakers, and this is obviously just Blockheads, not no, the Blockheads. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Radiohead, or no, that's not a good example. Like, give me a good example of what? Of you know what? It, it should have a the at the start. Oh, right. Blossoms, Blossoms, yes, Blossoms. Blossoms is a good one. They hate Cabbage. being called the Blossoms. I always do it accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good British <laughs> band yeah. names. Um, so that's um, Buddy Holly. That's music. That was interesting. Yeah, Dad, that's all our band names. Mm-hmm. Wrapping it up. Anyone want to do some wrapping up? Like a um, present for you, the listener, going to your ears right now. Thank you for listening to us. Um, we would really appreciate it if you could tell a friend, tell a family member, possibly give us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you listen on. Give us a rating if you have a bit of time. We really appreciate it. Um, if you want to tweet us, Innis, what is the Twitter? At Idiot History Pod. <laughs> and that the email? like it was like, pre-recorded. Idiot History Pod at gmail.com. Yep, so if you need us, get in touch and we will be back next week with a report from me. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we will. Amos is happy to hear that. Did yeah, I miss anything? Uh, no, thanks for listening. Thanks mm-hmm. for coming back. Um, yep. Have yeah. a lovely week. I and hope you enjoyed Matt's podcast. Oh, yes, me too. <laughs> It is just talking over (laughs) all that. Right. So, speak to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.